Welcome to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast, where we provide education and resources for family matters in Polk, Highlands, and Hardy counties. We're so glad that you've joined us. So now, let's talk about it. Welcome to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast. My name is Natalia Clemens. I am the Community Engagement Specialist here with Heartland for Children, and I am here with Allison Montgomery. I'm gonna let her introduce herself. It's a really long title. Um, (laughs) I am a Child Protective Investigator Supervisor for the Substance Exposed Newborn Unit. Uh, in our Lakeland Service Center here in Polk, Highland, and Hardy counties. Perfect. So today we are talking about substance-exposed newborns, and particularly this new unit. But first off, I wanted to introduce Allison. Um, She has worn a lot of different hats here um, in our circuit, outside of our circuit. Yeah, actually. All right. Um, And so what what are the different hats within the department you've worn? Well, I started in 2011 when I moved to Florida, like everybody loves to do, and as an investigator in our Lake Wales office. And I did that for a few years, then promoted to a senior, which is sort of like a lead worker within the department, and then transitioned over to going out of the field, but providing guidance um, and as a field support consultant, which is basically kind of like field training officer kind of situation. And then I promoted to a supervisor, And then I said, you know what, I need to take a break and went to a different, just a different role within the department in our regional headquarters in Orlando, providing guidance and doing special projects and things. And like so often happens, I really missed the field and came back as a supervisor again and then promoted to a program administrator. Did that for a while. And uh, then I took a step back to supervision and was asked to lead this uh, SEN, Substance Exposed Newborn Unit. So you really, you've worked not only on the field with with clients, but you've worked a lot with a a lot of other investigators. Mm -hmm. So you've had to manage a lot of different people teaching them um, how how we navigate and talk to our families is what I'm understanding. Right, I have my master's degree in counseling and that has really been helpful to also be able to have those hard conversations with families. Yeah. Um, how do you engage, how do you build that rapport, and then just sort of assess where they're at in their journey. Um, and I tell everybody, you know, my staff and others, Um, This is a journey for this family, whether it be um, whatever the topic is, whether it be substance misuse, domestic violence, or these other maltreatments that that we work with. So how did you move into this substance-exposed newborn unit? Well, it's really called a specialty unit because it is a very focused population. There's a lot of... And it's new, right? It is pretty new. Now, our area is the last one to roll out in the state. Uh, There were some other... Our area meaning Circuit 10? Circuit 10, yes. So we're actually the last in the whole state. Um, Which is Polk, Highlands, and Hardy County. Correct. So can you tell me what is the reason we even need a substance-exposed newborn unit? Well, this has been a process that's been kind of brewing. I shouldn't say process, but a topic in our culture, really, overall. Over the last several years, there's been the opioid crisis, which everyone is pretty familiar with at Mm -hmm. this point, and really seeing that our children are being born exposed to opiates specifically, but also many other drugs. So they started producing some legislation for uh, addressing this crisis. And as a result of that, I don't know if every state is doing it or just Florida, um, but Florida specifically said, we're going to come up with an organized process for how we're going to address this problem within our state. 
um, so that we can have better outcomes for our children and for our families, which mm -hmm. is part of the mission of the department, which is to strengthen our families. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So can you tell me some of the, some of the effects that you are seeing of substance exposure to children? So there's a wide variety of substances. It could be alcohol, it could be any one of the variety of illegal street drugs, um, you know, methamphetamine, fentanyl, oxycodone, uh, barbiturates, um, even things that people take for their mental health, such as Xanax, uh, for example. Um, so some of the, then there's marijuana. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody in our culture, you know, there's a lot of push for legalizing marijuana, mm -hmm. specifically saying it's no big deal, it's a natural substance. Mm -hmm. uh, according to many of our clients, and I always say, that's a philosophical discussion that we can have in terms of, you know, uh, a natural substance. It's still technically an illegal drug. Sure. Um, and so there's a lot of education that comes with that. So some of the things that are happening with babies who are born exposed, you know, they, they will suffer withdrawal symptoms. Um, they have difficulty learning the sucking reflex that they need. So um, when a baby is going through withdrawal, they may not be able to take nutrition. I mean, that's pretty important right yeah, when they're first born. Absolutely. So yeah. um, go, they go through pain and uh, they shake and they have temperatures and just a lot of different effects that starts them off on not the best foot. Mm -hmm. um, many of these drugs, especially alcohol, um, they will have lasting effects even on into adulthood from that fetal alcohol syndrome. Um, very and even physical effects to how their their heads and their bodies are formed uh, when they're exposed to alcohol in utero. Um, for things like marijuana, um, they don't necessarily go through withdrawal, which is a blessing, of course, mm -hmm. um, but they still have different outcomes for even children who are born substance exposed to marijuana. So maybe they have shorter attention spans as they get older, and, and a lot of studies are still needing to be done on the full range of effects for sure. intensive marijuana use. Moms a lot of times want to use marijuana because uh, it helps with nausea. Okay. Um, increases their appetite. That's never been a problem for me, but for a lot of parents, <laughs> a lot of people, they have that issue. Um, and some of the prescription medications that people are prescribed right. for the nausea and the vomiting um, make them sick too or don't work. And so they're tempted then to use something that they know in their own personal history hey, I have a better appetite when I use that. So right. that's why they that's why they do it. And, and <coughs> possibly they have been using this beforehand. Usually, yes. And so it is that it is that thing that they come back to yes. to just help them probably during stressful moments in life mm -hmm. or it's just, you know, there's that dependency. Yes. Um, gotcha. So it sounds like, you know, what we have been doing is we have been addressing services for these families, for these parents after the fact. This unit sounds like it is really working towards the prevention to help families beforehand. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, and I think it's actually a really sign of growth for our department that we're saying let's be more preventative versus reaction yeah. based. Um, when I was an investigator, I used to get kind of frustrated. It's like, dang, we're doing this after the fact. Why can't we do something ahead of time? And what, and what is even that thing to do? Yeah. What does it look like? <clears throat> so what happens often now that we have this process in place is that if a mom goes to her prenatal appointment and she has a positive drug screen for whatever the substance may be, it doesn't matter, um, the doctor will frequently try to call in a report to the abuse hotline and say, hey, this mom is using drugs. And the hotline, because there's no technical effect on the fetus yet because the baby hasn't been born 
they will screen that out. They will not accept that as an abuse report. Uh, and that's typically then, that's been where it's ended historically. Um, when the baby's born, if the baby is positive, then the hospital would make a report. The hotline would screen that in, meaning accept it as an investigation, and off we go with an investigation and, and, and the process goes forth. So now what they're doing is when the hotline screens that intake out for the mom who's positive during her prenatal, uh, we have a group of people who pull a report on those screen outs mm -hmm. and they will make contact with the parent, the mom usually, through um, Healthy Start. Gotcha. And Healthy Start, I use that, it's Healthy Start, Healthy Families. Mm -hmm. um, they will call the mom and say, hey, you know, we have this process in place. We noticed, we're notified that you had a positive screen, want to offer you services. Gotcha. So, and at that time, that mother has a choice to accept the services or not? Right. Exactly. And if she says no, then, you know, I, I believe that there's, you know, a, a conversation that is, takes place on, you know, this is only to help you, it's to provide education. Possibly we could help you with some things if you need it for the baby, um, because there are like, um, bed programs uh, that they have um, for parents. So there's just additional resources. Yeah, additional resources. So if, if you, it's kind of like having a, a social worker come into the home, mm -hmm. um, no judgment, yep. and, and really just evaluate what are the things you need. Sometimes, the, not sometimes, really what it is, this is a symptom underlying a bigger issue. Right. And having a, a partner to come along and figure out what is the bigger issue here that we can come around uh, around your family mm -hmm. and let's let's figure out how to make sure that this child grows up with a happy and healthy childhood absolutely yeah yeah my thing is i and i talked to my staff about this is okay they're using marijuana or some other drug to cope with a life stressor um, they have their own history of trauma that they've not dealt with so how about we address that underlying situation mm -hmm. instead of just kind of going at it from the top? You know, as I'm, as I'm listening to you talk, it sounds like there may be fears, uh, you know, that public perception, well, if I allow them to come into my home, mm -hmm. they're gonna take my kids away. Right. How do you guys address that? Well, like I mentioned earlier, one of the main, I don't know all the values I should as a good DCF employee, but the one I really remember and I yeah. cling to is we are here to strengthen families. Yeah. We're not here just to take your kid because that is destructive and very traumatizing for the whole family. You actually don't want to. We really don't. You really try. We really don't. <laughs> everything you can. We do. So that you can stabilize and keep yeah. families together. We really do. We work hard. And actually we've had great partnerships with Heartland for Children, with mm -hmm. um, a position, the Safety Trauma Consultants. Right. Um, that was created to help us reduce the number of times that we need to remove. Right. So. Yeah, um, I really wanted to make that point because I know that with because when something is new, there is that fear, um, and I want you know families and, and new mothers to be able to hear about or see the service um, and be open to it. So mm -hmm. if I if you know if I'm a mother that I'm calling in, what kind of services? What can I expect to encounter? Well, there's going to be the, um, the main reason that we call is usually for the substance misuse, whatever it might be. So, hey, would you be interested in doing even just an assessment? And okay. I always try to say it's just an assessment. They will make recommendations. They meaning usually Tri-County or Peace Rivers, who we use locally. Uh, they'll make a, an, a ref an assessment on what your needs are. And if they say you don't have any needs, well, okay, good deal. 
Um, but until you get the assessment, you don't know. And in, to me, I always say information is power. So have as much information as possible so that you can make a more informed decision. Yeah. So substance abuse is one. And then the other is Healthy Families, which is an in-home visiting program. And so when I'm talking to families, and I still go out in the field periodically, I say, listen, these babies don't come out with little tattoos on their back with care instructions. It's, yeah. it's kind of complicated. I wish, I wish. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> hard, you know? And even with my education, my knowledge, my training, being a parent is hard. Yeah. So if you can learn one new tip, one new little trick that can make your job as a parent easier, why not? Right, and DCF so. has a lot of partners. We so do. you guys partner. Um, I know Peace River is mm -hmm. one um, when it comes to counseling services. Who else do you guys partner with? Well, there's, there is a whole a host of counseling agencies that we um, access. So there's like Helping Families Succeed. We use a service uh, that Heartland contracts with Neighbor to Family and they also will help us do counseling referrals. Um, so there also is another facility that we use, um, the Sweet Center, which is located in Winter Haven. Um, some of the folks now, some I should say our providers use telehealth for our harder to reach areas. Because gotcha, transportation is an issue. Is. Sometimes part of the cycle in this is that um, financial hardship. Mm -hmm. And Big so time. you can you can refer me to a counseling service, but how am I going to get there because it's on the other side of town? Right. Which is one of the biggest, again, I sometimes feel like I'm selling cars or something because I'm like trying to, you know, hype this up. You know, these programs come to the family. Um, in-home visiting programs that come um, in a couple of the counties that we use or go to they uh, are visiting nurses actually so and I always say hey wouldn't that be awesome I don't need to always run somewhere they're coming to me yeah uh, so that's a big benefit too gotcha so have you guys so you've already started mm -hmm. um, what are some of the success stories or what are you seeing out on the field right now as you are providing services well, it's always difficult to measure success, mm. honestly, um, because many times um, we do have folks that continue to come back to us. Mm. Um, they've had many cases with us. We've had to remove children many times. However, um, we can't focus on that. Yeah. We just focus on the fact that, hey, we have this new process in place. Um, we actually are making better progress in our investigations and being more timely. Okay. Um, because part of our new process is we have weekly staffings with our partners on these cases. Mm -hmm. So if there's a communication issue, like I can't get a hold of the mom or the dad, um, then the partner says, oh, well, hey, they got a new phone number or they moved. And so there's much better communication and collaboration, which I see as a success. That is great. That we're having better communication. Different partners are all involved in helping this family succeed. Mm -hmm. And possibly they've connect connected or communicated in different ways. Mm -hmm. and, and so it sounds like you guys are all partnering together yeah. to find out how do we help this family? Yeah. This is what I know, mm -hmm. and this is how I can help them. Gotcha. Yeah. We, and it's been really exciting, actually, because, um, you know, in the past, it's been sort of this blind referral process, and you send it off, and you have no idea <laughs> what's really going on. But now we have these weekly staffings that are, have much better communication. And many times, the family will talk to Healthy Start, for example, and tell them things that are going on that they may not want to share with DCF because they're afraid. Sure. Um, and so just really trying to combat their fears of uh, removal or that DCF is this heavy-handed agency coming in, um, that really sometimes we have to overcome that barrier um, to assist the family as best we can. Gotcha. So if I am a family or a, a new mother and 
you know, I am going through these hardships. It may not even just be um, struggling with substance mm -hmm. abuse, but I am going through hardship. Mm -hmm. How do I get help? Okay, so there, the department has launched a new program. I think it's been in pl place a li little over a year and it's called Hope for Florida. And Hope for Florida is um, sort of a clearinghouse of information. So it could be housing, it could be uh, transportation, big. it could be education. You know, how maybe we have a parent who did not finish high school and how could they complete their GED, for example, because that can be a barrier for employment. Um, really helping on so many different areas. Um, and so the Hope for Florida program is basically assigned to a worker and they call and start coordinating referrals for that community linkage piece. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully we can link it maybe in the podcast. Is there yeah, a podcast? I, I believe we'll, we'll go ahead and um, put I the can, phone number up. Yeah, I can put that because yeah. there's a really good website for that. Oh, awesome. Um, so really I think it's, you know, Aunt Bertha is another resource that Heartland mm -hmm. for Children champions mm -hmm. quite a bit that we also use in the department um, that also has a ways for people to be searching different kinds of services. So we definitely will be linking um, all of the services for Hope Florida mm -hmm. and additionally the Substance Exposed Newborn Unit. Um, but just to end this, if I am a, a mom that is wanting to reach out for help, particularly in substance because of substance abuse, how can I reach out to you guys? Well, you can reach out. I don't want to give out my personal cell phone number, but <laughs> I can certainly, um, you know, reach out to uh, whatever area you're in. Reach out to your local DCF office, and we would definitely connect you with a person that could, a live person that could give you some guidance. The department has uh, resources called a parent needs assistance. Um, you can also call the Florida Abuse Hotline and say, I'm a parent of a child and I need help. And they wow. can also- So you can even just call in the abuse line yourself. As a parent, and it's called a parent needs assistance and it's not an investigation into you, it's to connect you with some services. That's wonderful. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming today thank you so and much, sharing, Natalia. sharing so much you. about this unit. I'm really excited to see how we can help prevent the substance exposed newborns. Um, this is a really big issue. We need to address it. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about it more. And we also needed to support our families Absolutely. and our mothers so that children can grow up with happy and healthy childhoods. Great, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Heartland for Children's Let's Talk About It podcast. There is a great need for foster families who are willing to open their hearts and homes to teens, sibling groups, and children with special needs. To learn more, check out the description for resources or visit heartlandforchildren.org.